and the delight of your soul. And the sons and daughters you left behind will fall by the sword. Then you will do as I have done. You will not cover your lips or eat the bread of mourners. Your turbans will remain on your heads and your sandals on your feet. You will not mourn or weep, but you will waste away because of your sins, and you will groan among yourselves. Thus Ezekiel will be a sign for you. You will do everything that he has done. When this happens, you will know that I am the Lord God. And you, son of man, know that on the day I take away their stronghold, their pride and joy, the desire of their eyes which uplifted their souls, and their sons and daughters as well. On that day a fugitive will come and tell you the news. On that day your mouth will be opened to him who has escaped. You will speak and no longer be mute. So you will be assigned to them, and they will know that I am the Lord. God damn it sounds better when I say it. <laughs> Who let this motherfucking guy read the motherfucking Bible? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another edition of the Night Party Podcast where we live it all on the cutting room floor. Um, <laughs> talk about creative licensing there, Mr. Tarantino. Um, yes, welcome to the show. This is going to be a uh, two-parter here, Pulp Fact and Pulp Fiction, to start off our Quentin Tarantino month. Everyone, say hello. We got H1N1 Zombies in the house. What's up, everybody? We got Antonius Morgan in the house. Oh, hello. And today's knife is a goddamn Hattoro, wait, Hattoro Hanzo blade? Hattori Hanzo, yeah. Yeah, because it is used in this movie. They even yes, mention it. it. Yeah. They even mention it in uh, Kill Bill. Right. Yes. So uh, we actually get to meet him in Kill Bill. Yes, we do. And wait, is that in part two or part one? That's part one, right? I don't remember. They all fucking bleed together at this N- point. But well, I'm pretty sure it's part one. Number two yeah. is way better than number one, in my opinion. We I all like them both. Yeah, but they're not as good as this movie. No, this oh, is not. So this is what fact. this is what put T- Quentin Tarantino on the map. But Foyce, Caps and Cork, Caps and Cork on the. Borderlands of Leo and American Canyon and Napa, and that's where you get these premium beers that we are drinking. You got these at Caps? I got them at Caps, yeah. So today we're drinking a, a coffee saute. Sat, state? State. I can read. You can read. <laughs> that's what happens when you have too many of them, and I'm drinking uh, the Heretic uh, Chocolate Hazelnut Porter. This is my second beer, Dick. <laughs> <laughs> Not my fault you're a lightweight. Well, it's, oh. beca- it's because they're buy nine, get one for a penny, and also their ultimate selection it makes them the best um, micro beer spot. I- am I right, Antonius Morgan? Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. There you go. So anyway, Caps and Cork, very good sponsors, and they're at the $5 level, and that's also how they can enjoy great shows such as the Power Glove, Power Glove, I, that, 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 Power <laughs> Glove podcast, and also uh, some new Slime Rex I found out, and of course, Jafe. Jeff the Tech Jafe. Jeff the Tech Jafe the mirror. I should just start this whole thing over, but I'm not. Nope. Motherfucker, I just got to go Sam Jackson. Fuck it, we're doing live. God damn it. No, 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 no Stone Cold Jackson. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, God. Uh, and you can join the party at $1, and you can hear this on time. If not, you're probably a month behind. 
Also, too, because we're so many episodes ahead, I'm not airing all of them. I'm only okay. airing. So there's some that I'm like, they're good, but this is this seems like it should be a Patreon-only kind of thing. Yeah. You know, like maybe it's not so cookie-cutter or whatever. So if you're a regular listener, now you're missing out on other episodes, too. So you're only getting your once a week. You want to you wanna get your whole fix got to join the party it's only a dollar it's twelve dollars a year it's easy math to do come on now we love you, you guys but you got to pay you also uh, can stop the bike <laughs> at 20 bucks be on the show and uh you could tell us what to watch um but right now for all one dollar members and and even on twitter if you're on x or whatever you want to call it if you father me at father heel h-e-e-l spelled like your foot um i always have the weekly polls up of what we should do and uh this one tarantino month um uh, i knew it would who yeah. didn't? It's Pulp Fiction. It's what got us all onto Tarantino. Exactly. This movie's fantastic. It still holds up. Uh, I didn't watch all of it because uh, uh, I had today off, and I'm like, dude, we, I, when, have you ever seen this on the big screen? I have never. No, never. No. Yeah. I've never seen this on the big screen. Um, I've always watched it on uh, a very edited cable version, or, or but normally I had this on a a VHS cassette that was so fucking worn out, dude. I'm telling you, because I got this in Christmas of 1995 or 1994 going into 95. Yeah, yeah. I must have played this motherfucker. Like from seventh grade, I remember I got a bunch of, that's when I really, really got into, because um, I wasn't living in my Nana's house anymore, so I didn't have access to all my cool movies. Okay. I had to start my own collection. And I got this, I got Demon Knight, Interview the Vampire and Bram Stoker's Dracula and then The Crow. That was my first five movies. Nice. Okay. And Willy Not Wonka. list. And Willy Wonka. <laughs> and dude, I'm telling you, this is how I'd watch movies. If like, say I would watch it and uh, I would either get bored or something came up or dinner time or whatever, I would just hit stop, eject, so that way no one fucked my tape, put it right. back in the sleeve, and I'd never rewind it and start over. I'd always start from where I left off. Oh, okay. Kind of like a, you know, like a cassette tape. Yeah, yeah. And the great thing about this movie is it works this way almost better than having to, <laughs> because it jumps around so much. Yeah. But it really doesn't jump around. It's only actually three stories. Mm-hmm. You know, but- A couple of them tie up together at some points. Yeah. They all tie up because they all tie up around uh, the the main God character, if you will, right? Which is Big Man. Mm-hmm. So every story has something to do with Big Man in, in one way, shape, or form, right? Which then coincides with the suitcase, but it doesn't really happen with Bruce Willis' character, We'll get into that for a minute. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, our plugs is patreon.com slash nightpartypod. Go there. Join up for a buck. Also, you can email us at nightpartypod at yahoo.com. And you should go crank call Hoodcast AF if you're bored. <laughs> With your best Sam Jackson. Just lay off the N's and more MFs, okay? Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Because we want him to air them. I would have yeah. done it. I just I can't do Sam Jackson. I, I can't. It's not in my range. You just got to <laughs> practice, man. I can't do it either, but everyone knows you're doing a Sam Jackson if you just yell Sam Jackson shit. <laughs> you just got to yell a lot. Do you like my movies? <laughs> Dave Chappelle did pretty good with that. Yeah, I know, because yeah. he doesn't it's even sound beer. like a... <laughs> All right, so I got some fun facts before we uh, go ahead and start this, this, uh, this film. Okay, so I have a lot of fun facts. All right. <laughs> so first, how this came about. Okay. Let's go back to Evil Dead 2. Okay. Sam Raimi. Okay. Uh, Scott Spiegel was one of the co-writers with it, right? So um, Tarantino was a huge fan of this this writer. And Tarantino was actually writing 
for like a living, basically writing scripts. Okay. So, um, he Tarantino actually put his script for uh, Natural Born Killers in his hand, ah. and he read it, and he was like, "Yo, this is this should have already been a movie twenty years ago." Yeah, this movie's. I'm surprised it hasn't been made. It's a social commentary with murder and sex and intrigue, yeah. and and who's the real bad guy here? And 1984 things going on. And uh, so he, you know, he goes, what else he got? And he goes, well, I just sold this one, True Romance. Oh, really? Yeah. So he had some money. So Scott lets him, like, live on his couch and for, you know, to, to earn his keep, uh, Tarantino would box up movies, like video cassettes, and, yeah. and ship them off. Okay. And live on his couch. Yeah. And rub elbows with people. So, you know... They're sitting around, they're talking everything else, and um, uh, Scott and Quint, they they start writing, you know, obviously, because they're both writers. Yeah. So they start writing, and they uh, they both like this movie um, called uh, Black Monday, I believe it's called. Okay. I haven't seen that one. Um, yeah, and it's like an Italian horror film or, or some, some shit like that. It, it matters not. But- the idea of the movie is that, and uh, you know the movie I always love, it's Lovecraftian horror, uh, The Signal? Yeah, yes. That's exactly what this movie was like. It was three directors with three different writers trying to make one story work. Yeah, okay. So you have part one, part two, part three. We got to do The Signal, dude. That's still on the list. <laughs> we haven't done Signal yet? I know. No. Wow. No, I want to do uh, Signal and Pontypool. Like, I want to do a versus. Because uh, seeing how they're yeah. very close- that would be a cool one. That would be a very cool versus. Because if you think about it, Signal and Pontypool could be going on at the same time. They very much could, yes. Th- yes, so there you go. Anyway, um, so they're sitting around, and, and then uh, they decide, okay, we'll check it out. Um, I'll write the first one, says Scott, you know, and then uh, and then you could write the uh, second one, uh, Quint, and then um, it's unclear if it was going to be Robert Rodriguez was going to be number three, okay. but there was going to be a number That's three. That's who yeah. I assumed you were going to say next. I, but also <laughs> the producer, um, his name is, uh, I can, I'm going to look it up in a second. The producer of Pulp Fiction actually uh, may have wanted to have been the third. So it was kind of up in the air, mm-hmm. but it was just a running idea. Now, because um, Scott was busy and, and et cetera, et cetera. And then, uh, Rod Rodriguez was doing, um, something, I think it was called like shy girl or baby girl or, 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 yeah, um, maybe baby or Zoe girl. or, yeah. Z- uh, so I saw Zoe. It was, it's, hmm. it's got a weird title, but anyway, he was working on that. So Quentin was bored. And out of all these people, by the way, he was the least successful. Mm-hmm. He starts writing his part bigger and bigger and bigger. And it later just became reservoir dogs. Ah, so okay. he just kept writing on his over and over and over again. Right. So he gets that produced for like almost he was so scared, like to even be a director. He's like, you know, can you actually do that? And can you do am I being too mean? Am I being too loud? And they're like, no, 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 you're supposed to do this. It's called directing. Right. And Reservoir Dogs is a hit. Yeah. One hundred percent. Great movie. It's one of those movies just like uh, Suicide Kings, where the whole movie takes place in. One area. Right. You know, you have some action going on here and there, but not too much. I mean, if you actually watch that movie, there is a, because I don't know if we're going to cover it uh, this year for Tarantino month, but there's a bathroom scene with cops. That's a story. There's the rooftop scene. There's the heist scene, but it's not even the heist scene. It's just them running away from the heist. Like, you don't even see the jewelry store, and which is the car scene. And then, but almost, and then there's a diner, but most everything takes place in that garage. Yeah. 
right? Very easy to film. Um, that costs fifty thousand dollars to make. Wow. Five zero. F- fifty. Yeah. Yeah. Now I don't know what they hmm. played the talent, but that is one of the cheapest movies I've ever heard of. Right. Yeah. Crazy, right? Well, besides Godzilla. Well. <laughs> yeah, but Godzilla isn't. It wasn't fi- fifty. <laughs> no, it was fifteen, and it was made this year. Not thousand. Well, thousand. Thousand. Oh, oh okay. Thousand with a T. Uh, I was thinking million. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no way. Um, anyway, so wow. Quinn gets a lot of respect like overnight. Now, turns out uh, when he's at Cannes Film Festival and everything, Sam Jackson was not a name at all, right? But yeah. he was very well respected. And he actually tried out for Mr. Orange. Oh, Tim Roth's okay. character, yeah. the 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 guy bleeding on the ground, the the detective, he actually was going to do that, but I guess Quint thought Tim Roth was more uh, vulnerable and yeah. easier to put your your character in, you know, because he's kind of like blank, yeah. you know, he's not. Whereas is uh, Sam Jackson has got a lot of character, mm-hmm. you know. I, I can picture Sam Jackson. I'm bleeding to death, <laughs> motherfucker. Sam I'm... won't die. Sam won't die again, motherfucker. You're I not dare you. Die. I double dare you, motherfucker. Are you a doctor? Are you a doctor? You're not gonna die. You're gunshot. You're hurt. But it's gonna take you eight, eight, eight hours to bleed out. <laughs> Say the words. You're not gonna. I'm not gonna die, motherfucker. In the back of the <laughs> I ain't no snitch, bitch. <laughs> we we need to make this movie now, <laughs> <laughs> like with Muppets, though. Oh God, Pulp Fiction with Muppets. That's that would be. Oh uh, no, Reservoir Dogs, Dogs with, Muppets. with Muppets. Yeah, yeah. I'm bleeding on the ground. Yeah. I'm a sock bleeding on the ground. I'm bleeding out. I'm sucking out. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> I would definitely have Gonzo as Mr. Orange. Dude, at Evergreen Science Theater, we we, we should do reenact. You know what? That's our YouTube show right there. We just reenact our greatest scenes with Muppets. And I do all the voices, and you guys just nod your heads as I film it. I do and a couple voices. Yeah, there you go. Well, um, yeah, so anyway, this how this kind of got off the ground. Um TriStar picked it up, or was about to, because everyone's going, this Quinn guy, this Quinn guy, oh man, he's so awesome, you gotta see this movie. And uh, people said it was like way too violent when they saw Reservoir Dogs, right? And then uh, the producer of it, uh, this this uh, chick lady face, who looks super, super just like a librarian, like yeah, you yeah. wouldn't even know, she looks like an old cat lady. Mm-hmm. You would never know she produced this movie. She just says, no, no. Look at how it's shot. It's actually very artistic. Yeah. Rewatch the fucking movie. Right. She's and, correct. And TriStar goes, okay, we see it. We're in. Right? TriStar greenlights it. Mm-hmm. Then guess what happens? TriStar gets a copy of the updated script. Okay. And they go, well, how come he dies in this scene and he's here later? And how come this happens here, but then later on it doesn't happen? And Tarantino's got his head in his palm, uh, his palm in his hand. He's like, you didn't fucking read the script, did you? Yeah. Because it ta- it's multiple stories taking place at the same time. Right. And the TriStars are like, you know, we're really not interested in confusing the audience. So we're going to have to pass. Bastards. Um, so then. Missed out. <laughs> so then a hit movie came out a little bit before called The Crow, which gave Miramax a little bit of money. Yeah. And Miramax said, huh. This dark edgy shit seems to be working for us, and all these scripts, all, the, all these other uh, companies start throwing out. This might be a good opportunity, and this guy's got a buzz behind him. Yeah, and we've seen him in. Ki- Fuck it, we'll buy it. Like how much? And Tarantino lowballs. He, he he thought like it would be a negotiating point. He goes like eight grand. They're like done. <laughs> or sorry, eight uh, eight mil. 
And they're like done. Oh, eight million. Yeah. Okay, eight, I was like, man, eight mil. And uh, no, that probably was what he got. Um, and then Tarantino wanted all these actors in it, right? Travolta, which Travolta wasn't the Travolta today. He yeah. had two giant movies, and then he had the Look Who's Talk uh, series, which made him a lot of money, but like not a lot of clout as an actor. Right. And he did like a lot of just uh, grease. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he had Grease Saturday Night Fever, and he was huge. And then he did a lot of like, like I said, a lot. You know, more campy, campy kind of goofy movies. Hey, no, he, yeah. he was coming off family comedies. Yeah, he was coming off Broken Arrow, wasn't he? Mm-mm. No, no, that was after. that was ninety six or ninety seven. Yeah. Oh, that was after. Oh, yeah. This was filming in ninety three. So this, this movie brought Travolta back. back. Yeah, like huge. And also, this brought um, Sam Jackson, who is more of a, a theater guy, you know, mm-hmm. if you will, uh, to actually bigger screens. Let's put it that yeah. way. Because I know he did movies. I just don't know like how big of movies he did. Because um, if, if this brought Travolta back. This movie is now responsible for uh, Battlefield Earth. Uh, first off, that's not a bad movie. <laughs> no. Not as bad as everyone says. No, no. It's pretty fucking bad. No, it's bad, but it's not as bad as everyone says it is. A lot of people shit on it just because yeah. it's a Scientology movie. When you should be shitting on it's the way it was filmed is terrible. However, the story isn't that bad. It, it's the Nickelback of movies. Everyone shits on it because it's popular. It's not as bad as everyone says it is, it is but okay, it's still pretty fucking bad. You yeah. leave Nickelback out of this because Nickelback are a good band. Okay. No, they're not. They're not. And I, I'm going to say you think Creed sucked too? Yeah. Oh, Creed was terrible. Yeah. No. And now you're going to say Justin Timberlake is garbage as well. He has some good songs, actually. Okay, at least I got one out of three. At least it's catchy. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. All right. So, um, anyway. Uh, so where the hell was I? Of course, uh, $8 million. Quentin wants to spend everything on acting because he says he could use his like gorilla style of filming yeah. and get away with murder, and he does. And like a lot of this, if you see the actual sets, they're real-life sets in L.A. Like, for instance, um, the whole... There was actual a trailer where they filmed uh, the whole like heart attack uh, resuscitation yeah, scene yeah, and okay. all that. It's actually like a real trailer park. So instead of doing a set, they're just like, hey, let's rent one out. It'll be cheaper. They did like the porno movie status thing where yeah. you just rent a house instead of building a set. Right. And they're just like, don't fuck up the house because it's a real house. Yeah. Okay. Buy insurance for it. But, and if you notice, like the, yeah, like the biggest prop in the movie is probably uh, the wolf's car. That's it. I was just going to say the same cool thing, car. the car. Yeah, yeah the Acura. Mm-hmm. You know, besides that, all the other cars are garbage. You know, there's like a crappy Honda. Oh, and maybe the Zed's bike, but that's it. But yeah, everything else was real sets, really easy to do. They just, He knew what location, so that's why I call guerrilla filming. It's like, right. if you were going to film a movie, you would think, all right, I only have so much money, uh, and I know these real places, and I pretty sure i can grease the wheels and just say hey man can we come in here and like film for like three hours and we'll leave it cleaner than we left it yeah yeah so that's kind of how they did it so five million dollars went on the cast and three million was on film that's okay. about it no promotion almost until miramax saw it and dumped more money in promoting it yeah but it's not like it's kind of like we were just talking about the newest godzilla i saw zero promotion except for online buzz mm-hmm. and now it's now it's got enough buzz but that's probably also why this movie really popped off once DVD sales were a thing pre, in the early 2000s. Pre-internet, yeah. this popped off, though. Oh, yeah. No, you couldn't go into you know a mall without seeing the poster of uh, fucking what's-her-name, you know, with her heels yeah. up, smoking a cigarette. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, that poster that was, was everywhere. Dude, everywhere. you went to any that record was store. Quotable as shit. Any record store had that soundtrack on the mm-hmm. front gondola, yeah. and they had yeah. that poster of like Amoeba, Rasputin's, uh, Virgin. Like this soundtrack also helped catapult it right. to being like a, a huge success. I don't know one person. I know in every click, someone had a house that had that album because I remember cutting up weed on that album so many times on that <laughs> CD. <laughs> Am I wrong? That's a good, that's a good album. No, like, you're definitely not wrong at all. Like everyone had that album. Like or, no, I didn't, but I I knew at least two of my ex girlfriends had that album. Like at that time, you know, meaning like in that area, not like yeah, now yeah. and then. I mean, like it's, during it's high one school. Of those '90s albums that everyone had. Exactly. Yeah. It was like that. It was either you had that or the Days and Confused album, and then I was the weird one that had the Demon Knight soundtrack because it had Ministry and, and <laughs> Pantera on it, and it was a lot and better. I had Spawn '97. Oh yeah. Oh, I thought you hate that movie. Wait, who's the one that hates Bitchin that movie? Bitchin' soundtrack. I, I don't like it. Yeah, but he's Bitchin the one that soundtrack. doesn't like it. Okay, so uh, crime genre, obviously. Uh, October 14th is when it released. And it says, um, but it doesn't say, but I do know for a fact that it was released on September 23rd of okay. 94. Because during the adrenaline shot scene, someone actually had a seizure because it freaked them out so much. Get this. Person's having a seizure in the, th- in the theater's freaking out. Yeah. Guess who comes to the rescue? Harvey Keitel. Dig. It was like a premiere? Yeah, it was the premiere. Oh, shit. Yeah, at the premiere of Pulp Fiction, during the scene where Mia overdoses, someone freaked out because it was so real, and they started having a seizure. (laughs) Harvey Keitel happened to be like Johnny on the spot, pulls the person out, and gives them like uh, Coca-Cola or orange juice or whatever to get their blood sugar back. Yeah. They open up and they're like, Harvey Keitel? Think about that. That's like the <laughs> that weirdest story awesome. of all the time, right? <laughs> it's like, Har- can I tell you the story about when Harvey Keitel saved my life? Yeah, right? Exactly. Like, you can't beat that. That's cool. It is. Um, let's see. Um, Lawrence Bender is the producer. That's the guy I was looking for. Um, let's see. Let's see. Other special things. Ah, this, of course, ended what I always called the golden age, which was yeah. 84 to 94. The best movies, in my opinion, in the world were in that decade. Yeah. You know, uh, most movie professors, though, will say it's 74 to 94. I'll still accept. Can we can we push it to 95 Ooh. so Fifth Element gets in there? Fifth Element is such a good movie, but, I mean, I don't want to take- Another amazing performance. I don't want to take away 1984, though, and just go 95, uh, 85 to there. I'm no, saying- no, no, We got 84, uh, 95. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, leave 84 in there. Some good shit, got 84. Got it, right? Uh, let's see, Scott Quint, Natural Killer, da da da. Um, let's see. Um, on an eight million dollar budget, two fourteen million, two hundred fourteen million dollars in opening weekend, and it Jesus. wasn't like they do it now. That's a yeah. good ROI. It's not back. It's not back then where it started Thursday at eleven fifty nine p.m. Right, right. or even now they're doing Wednesday. No, this is Friday eight o'clock. Right. Yep. And it wasn't in all the theaters. It was in limited theaters. Yeah. This was this wasn't where they had two or three screens just for the same fucking movie. So most people know if you went to go see Independence Day back in the day or you go see the Barbie movie or whatever, there'll be multiple screens for a film. Yeah. This didn't. This had a screen per film yeah. if you were lucky. Mm-hmm. I remember this not even being able I know remember it was in Concord. I remember it wasn't I think it might have been in one of the Vallejo theaters. Okay. I think, and I think it may have been at the Fairfield uh, one. It wasn't even in the mall yet. But I honestly I don't, don't even remember it being in theaters. That's what I'm saying. 
Uh, let's see. Miramax in this actually got off the map. Sam Jackson. Da, da, da. Oh, yeah, this created the Bastards universe because the Bastards universe was um, not even a thing yet. This was uh, the first Reservoir Dogs was just going to be a crime a crime movie. Yeah, heist and, movie. Yep. And then uh, this is where um, Tarantino started to try to create his own like genre, his own yeah, timeline, his own, his own universe. universe. Yeah. yeah. So hence, uh, so it kind of happened on accident where Vic Vega, this was going to be a prequel to Reservoir Dogs at first. Or yeah. it was going to be his twin brother or something. Right. And then uh, he was on the set of Wyatt Earp. Michael Mann was. And he goes, well, shit, I need to find somebody else. And he thought John Travolta and him had kind of had the similar look in the eyes. Okay. In the forehead. And John Travolta was willing to, and he wanted to work with him. So he's like, well, shit. Yeah, we'll get him and we'll change to Vince. We'll have the Vega brothers. And that's kind of where it started. And then, Vic and Vincent. Yeah. And then a lot of people started making... Um, rumors and everything else like this and then as it started going when jackie brown came around like the internet was still young but yeah. people started placing them all together and then he ran with it uh him being uh quentin tarantino and then and then in glorious bastards a timeline actually came out where by the killing of hitler it changed our timeline here oh, it was a paradox okay so by hitler dying actually started or or it was was part of it and then people argue okay well what about Django and what about this I'm like okay well still but you know anyway <laughs> but it, that's why it's known as the Bastards Universe okay so I didn't realize they were connected like that they are every single movie is in a timeline hmm. um, and where they even like there'll be one little reference to this that or the other for instance you mentioned the poster yeah. right yeah now that poster is a copy of a Lucky Strikes uh, uh, like the, it, it was a um, oh, advertisement there was a Pulp Noir book um, I forgot exactly which one it is. Oh. Fallout even make fun of it. It's called. Uh, uh, yeah. Can you do the voice? It's weird here, and you just say "Lucky Strike" all normal. Life. Oh, okay, sorry. Uh, it was a part of Lucky Strikes. That's right. World War One is in full swing, and Lucky Strike helps the T Zone. That let's make <laughs> our doughboys fight the good fight. Take that, Hitler. Oh wait, wrong war. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So, so uh, that that the the pulp fiction actually was that those pulp comics. In fact, uh, Fallout the ser the video game series yeah. make fun of it all the time. There's um, Life and Love is the name of it, and there's like one that is exactly a copy of that too. Okay. And Fallout Four. So Lucky Strikes was originally the Lucky Strike was originally the cigarette chosen for pulp fiction, but it yet it was denied because Lucky Strike did not like the violence depicted in this movie, so they made. Red Apple cigarettes. That's right. Red Apple, no filters. For the T-Zone. They, they sponsored a whole-ass war, the, one of the greatest wars of all time, and they're not going to sponsor this movie because it's violent? Well, they did call it the Great War. Yeah. The, the Great War and World War II? That was in that was in rations, man. This I know. My uh, my <laughs> my grandfather told me the way reason he started smoking is because he got five lucky strikes a day in his rations, Yeah, and his friends would always <laughs> ask for him. And then he's like, why are you asking for these? And he smoked one. He goes, oh, that's why. Yeah. Flavor country. And it, My it, grandfather was in flavor country. He was at a 50 cal machine gun smoking <laughs> a lucky strike defending of America. Filled -zone? It filled the T-zone? That T-zone. Five out of four doctors recommend lucky strike. <laughs> <laughs> that math sounds wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Russia uh, is the ally. <laughs> that Mussolini guy was an upstanding gent. Anyway, <laughs> where were we? Red apple cigarettes. Here goes another fun fact. This stars two Arquettes. 
Will. Okay. So Jody, uh, the girl with all the shit in her face. Yeah. She's one of the Arquettes. Yeah. Related to David. Right, right. And the dude that looks like Jerry Seinfeld that walks out with a hand cannon is also an Arquette who later got a sex change. And um, I forgot her name. It escapes me, but I always call her Jerry Seinfeld Arquette. <laughs> wow. I, I don't know what her name is, I swear. Yeah. But she's she has been an uh, uh, actor, she actor, uh, way longer than a male actor, so no one actually knows that Jerry Seinfeld Arquette is the same Arquette. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, Google that shit. I'm not going to. No, right thank now. you. <laughs> um, actually, you know what? I will. No, I'm not. I'm not no, going to. No, don't do it. I'm not. So, do it. what about, No, you haven't mentioned Ezekiel. Ezekiel 25, yes. So it's done It's done in its own... Uh, you heard it at the beginning, folks. You heard it at the beginning. It's different. It's very different. Yes. Now, that is the... Okay, so Ezekiel 25, uh, 17 is... It's, it's not one of those... It has been updated quasi-recently, but not in 1994. So what you heard me play is the, the Romans version, or whatever you call it, the old school version, but the new... King James version. Uh, King James, it doesn't have the turbans and stuff like that in it. Yeah, they like yeah. they because they you know they want to be all inclusive and shit. And I was trying to find one that didn't have Sam Jackson yelling it, just to go. Oh yeah, it's different. But I couldn't. But that'd be really hard. But uh, just like there is a uh, a quote in this movie uh, at the very end when you have um, you know Honey Bunny and Sam Jackson's character uh, Jules is like. Now, I just used to say that as some cold blood shit before I kill somebody, which was an idea stolen from Batman 89. You ever dance with the uh, devil in the pale moonlight? Yeah. What is that supposed to mean? I don't know. It's just some fucked up shit before I shoot somebody. <laughs> so I think I think that's where that character got it from because yeah. it's definitely referenced when they both say cold blooded. You know, right. so there you go. Yeah. All right, should we start there's with a, the- There's a much better Ezekiel quote they should have used. Oh, go for it. Yeah, Ezekiel 2320. Motherfucker! This, this is a real quote from the- You know what? I want you to pull it up right now. <laughs> Google Ezekiel 2320. Here, I have it pulled up. Read read this in the Sam Jackson voice. All right, hold on. It's That's the actual quote from the Bible. <laughs> there she lusted after her lovers whose genitals were loads like donkeys. <laughs> <laughs> And whose omission was a little love horses, motherfucker. Ezekiel 23, 20. I'm going to fuck you like a donkey now. <laughs> That's the real quote from the fucking Bible. That's what was in the briefcase. Motherfucking testicles. <laughs> Word of the oh. Lord, everyone. <laughs> oh, let's get to that before we hit our trailer and start the movie. Okay. Fucking do it. What's in the briefcase? I've uh, been told a human soul. Okay, that was the big thing that everyone said, and that's why it glows, and then that's why Ving Rains has the Band-Aid, because it's missing, or it got put back. So Ving Rains has the Band-Aid on his head, right? Mm-hmm. When he's talking to yeah. you. So, I thought it's because he had hot dog neck in it, and he had a shaved head, so I thought he nicked himself. I thought himself. it was because the ball gag. No, ball gag came no, no, after. No, he, had, he had that at the beginning. Yeah, that's he, the first thing he sees. Yeah, okay. when, 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 during the butch scene, yeah. right after that, he has the Band-Aid, right? So that's exactly when Jules and Vincent return the briefcase. So a lot of people that it's like, oh, I'm healed. My soul's back. Okay. But in all actuality, he cut himself and um, there is no correlation to that being his soul. Okay. Now, the other theory is that, and I'm not fucking lying because they, there's a a couple, there's even a deleted scene where they talk about Elvis, like a big one, right? Yeah. 
This is why when Mia pulls up to Jackrabbit Slims with Vincent, which is a real place, so, what was it was was yeah. it's not anymore. Uh, she says uh, an Elvis man should love it, right? There is a whole cutout scene where they go Elvis versus Beatles or some yeah, shit like yeah. that, right? Cut out. Uh, you can find it. I I do have it, and it's a lot smaller. Like a lot of people think it's like really in depth. It's really just kind of like a like less than a one minute scene kind of thing, right? Um, and it's just them in the car just bullshitting uh, while they're driving. And uh, so a lot of people thought that it was Elvis's. Apparently, Elvis had a real gold suit that was stolen, oh, and he never got to wear it. Yeah. So a lot of people think. Or a lot of people were thinking inside this fucking briefcase was Elvis's gold stolen <laughs> suit. I swear to you, that's that's kind of a cool story, and I like that's that. kind of dope. Yeah, tying it into you know L.A. But because everyone is involved with drugs, and because Vincent's a heroin addict, I always thought it was uncut heroin. And because the people he get them from, they're clearly on something. You know, with uh, Flock of Seagulls, Brett and Brad, and uh, uh, Jerry Seinfeld Arquette, Mm -hmm. all of them are on drugs. Like, you could tell. They do not look like Flock of Seagulls is half pooped out, (laughs) right? Uh, Brad Brett is sitting there acting like um, Paul Shriver when, like, he gets busted by Hicks, you know? (laughs) And then Jerry Seinfeld uh, uh, Arquette is probably shooting up in the bathroom. Yeah. You know? Anyway, so also... Like I said, everyone in this movie is involved in like dirty shit. I assume it was uncut heroin. That's why when he goes, Vincent, we happy. And he goes, oh, we happy, right? Then there was a special interview as a uh, pre, like a promotional for Grindhouse. Remember Grindhouse, the double feature, yeah, yeah. Uh, Death Proof and uh, Planet Terror. Which Planet Terror, I still stand by, saying one of the best zombie movies of all time. It's great. It and is fucking great. Once again, has Bruce Willis in it. It does. Yeah. And he and the, and there's also balls being cut off. So uh, there was a intro to it where it shows him and Alex and they're promoting and it's an interview. And then he goes, everyone wants to know what's in the suitcase. Well, I'll tell you what's in the suitcase. And the film burns yep. out uh, as kind of a troll. Yeah. But um, he said it on Opie and Anthony uh, when he was making Glorious Bastards in 2006. I actually heard uh, they had Quentin in for an hour and a half. Wow. So it wasn't just like an interview. It was like a hang. Yeah. And he knew how much that Anthony and Patrice love movies. Okay. So they just shot the shit about like all these movies. In fact, at the time, Inglorious Bastards was going to be a motorcycle, like weird, like cult movie, not unlike the one. In fact, more based off of the movie that Bruce Willis wa- uh, wakes up to. Um, oh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the hotel room. It was going to be like a, it was going to take away from that in some way, shape, or form. Like okay. it was going to have that kind of style. Well, which in Glorious Bastards, we got something totally different, but still it does have like kind of like that weird action-y comedy shit like once in a while, you know, mm. especially like the end of the movie. And um, he say, straight up said this, he goes, I really want it to be, I always call it the briefcase in Pulp Fiction, but they yeah. call it like the something rifle, there's there's a term for it, right, in stories where everything revolves around a rifle or revolves around something. Mm-hmm. Uh, Are you talking about Chekhov's gun? Chekhov's gun, thank yeah, you. Yeah, if you, if, if you have a gun on the wall in Act 1, it has to go off by Act, Act 3. Act 3, yeah. exactly. Chekhov's gun, thank you. I knew it had something to do with Star Trek. Uh, so um, he Star wanted Trek. it to be that. Yeah, you know Chekhov? Captain, Sorry, can't yeah, you no, see? Yeah, nope, nope, I got it, yeah. Sorry, okay. I, I, I'm a millennial. <laughs> when I think Star Trek, I immediately go next generation. And when I think Star Wars, I immediately go to alcoholism. So uh, anyway, same. <laughs> um, that He said it just wanted to be that, so he actually said, like, and he says, this is definitely what it is. 
what you think it is. And you're like, what does that mean? He goes, what do you think it is? That's what it is. Yeah. So we're all right, I guess. Yeah. So there you I go. I like that. Yeah. Being right. I like being right. Damn, we're only almost uh, 40 minutes in. So we haven't even watched the movie yet. Not yet. Um, this has been our episode, Pulp Fact. We're going to go ahead and play the trailer. And uh, coming up, next episode, and don't worry, you're not going to have to wait a week. Nope. No. Nope. Uh, you're going to get uh, our actual review. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, guys. Anything else before we get out of here? No. Now playing on the cutting room floor. Fuck Pulp the knife party. Fiction. <laughs> hey, you know what? Fuck the knife party. Let's play the trailer. How about that? Fucking send it. Miramax Films is proud to present one of the most celebrated motion pictures of the year. The winner of the 1994 Palme d'Or. The best picture of the Cannes Film Festival. Getting big man's wife. Well, he's going out of town, Florida, and he asked me if I take care of him while he's gone. Take care of him? No, man. Just make sure it's a good time, make sure she don't get lonely. Girl. You see, this is a moral test of oneself. I do believe Marcellus, my husband, your boss, told you to take me out and do whatever I wanted. I love you so much, can't count on You can maintain loyalty. Night of the fight, you may feel a slight sting. Pride only hurts, it never helps. In the fifth, your ass goes down. I have to say, play with matches, you get burned. We should have shotguns with this kind of deal. We're in a lot of danger, aren't we? I'm prepared to scout the earth for that night. Oh, I'm sorry, did I break your concentration? Get down, get down. You got a corpse in a car, minus a head in a garage. Take me to it. Don't you hate that? Hate what? Uncomfortable silences. John Travolta, Samuel L. Jackson, Uma Thurman, Harvey Keitel, Tim Roth, Amanda Plummer, Maria de Medeiros, Bing Ring. Eric Stoltz, Rosanna Arquette, Christopher Walker, and Bruce Willis. Looking at something, friend? Ain't my friend looking. Die, you mother! A new film directed by Quentin Tarantino. Pulp Fiction. You really thinking about quitting? Most definitely. What's she gonna do then? Basically, I'm just gonna walk the earth. What you mean, walk the earth? You know, like Kane and Kung Fu. <laughs> Gentlemen, keep in mind, this got a 92% in Rotten Tomatoes. I want you to think about that after we watch it and get our scores. <laughs>